Welcome to the Pioneer Theatre Podcast. I'm Matthew Ivan Bennett. Our holiday show this year is The Play That Goes Wrong by Henry Lewis, Jonathan Sayer, and Henry Shields. The title says it all. It's a comedic send-up of a community theater production of a murder mystery that goes horribly, hilariously wrong. If you're a fan of Noises Off or Monty Python, come see this show. It's one of Broadway's longest-running hits, and it'll be at PTC December 6th to the 21st. Today on the podcast, I talk to actors William Connell and Ruth Ferdihert. You saw William Connell last season as Richard in The Line in Winter, but he's been on Broadway recently in Ink and in the revival of A View from the Bridge, also at the Jiva Theater in Pride and Prejudice, and on television's The Blacklist. Ruth Ferdihert has played Brooke in Noises Off. She did the first national tour of A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder and appeared in Elf at Madison Square Garden. They join me now to talk about the art of comedy. William Connell and Ruth Ferdihert, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, first question. I assume whether you're doing drama or comedy, your job is the same. You study the script, you figure out the objectives, the intentions, the point of view of the character. You somehow portray that but what's different when you do comedy? What skills especially come to the fore or seem more necessary? Uh, I think, well, you know, it's, it's, it's timing. But as you're sort of right, that they're, they're similar in that how, how you're getting the information out to the audience. You sort of need to know what they know and you need to know when they know it. And so it's, uh, it's the slow accumulation of, 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 <laughs> of knowing those things. But obviously with, with comedy, because there's a, there's a joke or there's a payoff, the sensitivity is actually, I think, higher than it would be even in drama to when they're getting that information. I think it's really making it as clear as possible with comedy where your joke is, where you're landing it. I'm not saying that you're indicating that to the audience, but, you know, I think in some ways comedy more than drama is a universal language. You can not even speak the same language but know that someone's funny um, versus a drama which, you know, if I saw a drama in Czechoslovakia and I, I can't say that I would know everything that was going on um, versus, yeah. you know, anyone can see the Three Stooges and see that it's funny. Um, so that universality, I think, is a blessing and a gift because the blessing is it's funny but I, or blessing and a curse rather. But the curse is if it's not clear, everybody can see it pretty darn quickly, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so it's making those concise, beautiful moments that we all think are funny, hopefully, maybe. A big part of acting is keeping it fresh. And in a drama, you might do this by wiping your mind clean every night as you go into the performance. But in a comedy, you actually have a chance to freshen the performance by consciously working off the audience, by experimenting with timing mm -hmm. like you talked about. But how do you know how far you can bend a joke, you can bend the timing? How do you know when to step on laughs? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, partially it's rehearsal. Um, and rehearsal is both figuring out what's funny for your character. And, you know, for many of us, we might live in New York, we might live in Utah, we might live wherever. Uh, we don't know each other. You know, so I have to get to know Will and know, oh, my gosh, that thing that Will does makes me laugh so hard. And we find that out in the room. That might be applicable to the show. It might not. But we get to know each other and trust each other. And then you add the best part, which is the audience. 
and I always liken it to I don't surf. You probably surf. Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah, Will, yeah, of course, surfs. Uh, you'll see. He's very tall. But when you're riding these waves, the audience becomes a wave that you ride. And sometimes it's these big things of laughter, these big peals of, of laughter that you can ride. And then, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, we're going to calm down, get through the show a little more, and then we catch another wave and we go up. And sometimes the waves are huge and the audience is freaking out. And other days, they're not as loud, but it's still a beautiful ride. You know, so figuring out that timing in the room with also uh, the timing of any individual audience. Have you ever been caught utterly off guard by a laugh? You deliver a line and... Yes, and then and then it's like, oh, man, what was funny about that? How do I recreate <laughs> that? What was the circumstance? What was it? Was it a mistake? Was it just, you know, because then it's, then it's gold and you try to mine that and then replicate it each night. Um, I thought you said serve, not surf. Oh, yeah, so I yeah, was thinking, yeah yeah, 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 I've worked in restaurants. <laughs> um, no, uh, I don't really surf. But, yes, I think it's like if, if you're not getting those laughs – I, I watched this. Uh, I was preparing for a, a Noel Coward uh, show, and uh, in order to prepare for the audition, I watched this entire lengthy documentary on him and interviews with him talking about his own projects. And he was talking about how if the show wasn't, when he was doing private lives, if, if they weren't laughing, they had to pick up the pace because it wasn't the audience. The audience, you never blame them, it's you. And you need to keep on driving and going and making sure that you're clear. And if you're not getting the laugh, go. You have to have it on a hair trigger that you're just ready to if, – if you don't feel like they're with you, go to the next thing. You know? Yeah, so, so the text has to be more malleable in your mind. You can't, you can't stick to certain emphases and interpretations. You just have to be willing to pick up at any point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In the play that goes wrong, you're playing characters playing characters. You're community theater actors playing characters in a murder mystery – how does that or how have you found that that has added to the potential comedy? It's, I mean, uh, Karen keeps saying, you know, it's, it's like an onion. you got a layer on a layer on a layer. And you can talk about those layers and think about them. And then at the end of the day, you just go with the script. And you it's educated by, you know, your surroundings and, and what's happened. But... If you're on stage thinking about, wait, I'm this person inside of this, but you're already lost. Yep. You're not going to yep. be funny. <laughs> so it's really thinking about, you know, when I was younger and doing my first show, how excited was I? How did I feel? What were the stakes for this life and death production of Snow White? Like, how, how did I feel? <laughs> mm-hmm. And how sad would I have been if I didn't see my parents laughing or, or, or whatever, you know? And, and it's respecting that. You know, just because you're not in a professional production doesn't mean your production isn't good and isn't worthy of respect, which I think is a big thing about these people. Yes, they're clowns, but they have such high intentions of the art they're going to make with mm-hmm. the murder at Haversham Manor. Yeah. Um, and we have to respect that because it's beautiful. And yes, it's foolish and we're making ridiculous uh, spectacles of ourselves, but there's a beauty to that pure, unadulterated love of theater and passion for <laughs> making it work. You know? I'm, I'm embarrassed to think about the first community theater production I did. I did this production of Anything Goes at 19, and I had just <laughs> read uh, Stanislavski's An Actor Prepares. Oh, and like I, 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 tr- I like tried <gasps> to emulate all of his, his oh. lessons, you know, like connect my, my head and my heart and my through line as the purser. 
mm-hmm. of anything goes. But anyway. to this day, every show that I did, my dad would say, well, it was good, but it was no magic spell, which is like a show that I did when I was in sixth grade where I put, you had a number with a cat. It was great. But like, you know, that yeah, I guess pure that, yeah. love, you see that of why people do theater and why they come back. Yeah, it's it, well, it's interesting with this because it's such a technical piece. It's sort of I I have thrown out all sorts of like trying to find the character or whatnot, and by actually going into the technicality of like where where the jokes are and why this you know at least for my character Chris how frustrated or more frustrated he gets towards the end of the play where that is and the the levels of that and how it grows, I'm seeing and that's that's written in the play, and then. That is starting to, as I lean into that and find where that where that is and where the you know the intricacies of that, then I'm starting to see who the character is. And I'm thinking like, if I was doing this, you know, for you know six months or something like that for a much longer run, I'd start to. And even for this, I'll, I'll apply this. I was starting to think, oh, each night I walk in the theater, I gotta go. Well, tonight's the night. It's gonna be great. Tonight is, mm. <laughs> you know, and it's that point of view. It's from that peak I have to slowly, you know, tumble down, <laughs> you know. Uh, so that's. That's kind of where it's starting to come for me as opposed to actually flat out going, well, who is he and what's, what's his deal? So it's interesting as sometimes you can actually, yeah. you know, you like to think that you have to go from, you know, the inside out. But I think like this because there's so many pieces to it. It truly is outside in. And then somewhere they will meet and trusting that it will, you know. So for these characters, it's a matter of coming in with the highest expectations possible. Oh, yes. We're oh, yeah, totally going goes, to transfer yes. from Pioneer to Broadway. Right. I mean, it, w- it will happen. <laughs> All right. So. What in your performing career has gone horribly wrong in a comedy? (laughs) Mine is early, so I was scarred early on. Uh, I was doing Return to the Forbidden Planet, which is a lovely uh, musical adaptation with oldies of The Tempest. It's actually, it's a good show. In high school... And uh, there's a reveal kind of like Grease where she goes from like dowdy to fancy or whatever. And I had kind of a Marilyn Monroe-esque white dress with a halter top that had a quick change into. Oh, no. And uh, we went down for a dip. And when I came back up, the top was not with me. Oh. I was not fully exposed, but I don't think... My parents would ever forget that one. But I twirled and oh, I no. put it back on. And at the time, I don't even think I was had- very scarred. I was like, it was fine. Who knows? Everyone, everyone noticed. Everyone <laughs> noticed. You had so a Janet now, Jackson moment. Yeah, that was so your now Super Bowl I say, moment. if it's a halter top, do not put Velcro on it. That should be a lesson to Ooh, us all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I was doing a show called Red Noses, and it's... Uh, but it, it's set during the medi- medieval times, and it's about a, a troop of um, of people who are trying to, you know, bring joy to the world because there's the, the the plague is going on, and so it's a band of of misfits of knights and other people, and, and so I I play play this knight, and um, eventually I I turn evil, and um, I I am with my my friend uh, character friend, and I I put my left hand on his shoulder. And then I reach behind my back. What's supposed to happen is supposed to reach behind my back, pull out a dagger in my right hand, show it to the audience. They see it, and then right into my friend. And that's also to help stage combat-wise for my friend to be like, see, and prep, and now we right in, you know, to sell and set at this moment. Yeah. So, and uh, it's supposed to be this big dramatic moment, you know, like we're friends. I put my hand on his shoulder, and then I reach back. 
there's no knife there. <laughs> but also on the set at the time, because we had just finished having this big banquet meal, was all these you know props for uh, for uh, for a meal that had just finished. And so I look on the table. I look over, and my friend is still sort of like, why hasn't he stabbed me yet? And I look over on the table, and there's a gigantic wooden spoon. You know, just gigantic. Versus what I had was a very sharp, shiny knife. And this was this blunt, <laughs> wooden, <laughs> no sharp edges on it at all. Sanded down so smooth. I reach over, I grab the spoon off the table, hold it up in my right hand. I look at him. He looks at me <laughs> as if to say, we're going to sell this. <laughs> and, then, and then he looks at me. The most quizzical, like, okay, look on his. This is all happening within milliseconds. And then, oh. right into his stomach. And he looks at me. And he told me later, he said, because my character's name was Rodan, he, he looked at me later uh, and told me that, that his expression on his face was, a spoon, Rodan? <laughs> <laughs> so I killed my friend with a spoon Wild in front spoon. of hundreds of yeah. people. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's amazing. So terrible, but yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's funny. Actors William Connell and Ruth Ferdy Hurt, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Theatre Podcast for The Play That Goes Wrong. For tickets, call 801-581-6961 or visit our website, pioneertheatre.org. The show runs December 6th to the 21st. The Play That Goes Wrong is sponsored by Dominion Energy and the Salt Lake County Zoo Arts and Parks. Thanks are also due to Robert J. Nelson and the University of Utah hosting us here in their audio studio at the J. Willard Marriott Library. Please subscribe to the Pioneer Theatre Podcast on Apple or find it on Buzzsprout and, of course, pioneertheatre.org. Why a spoon, cousin? Why not an axe? Because it's dull, you twit. It'll hurt more.